Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2315 with a release date of Friday, March 11th, 2022 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST, a look at receiver's role in rejecting RFI. A ham is killed in war-torn Ukraine, and Hawaii needs amateurs for a statewide emergency drill. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2315 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Union, Kentucky, here's Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Our top story is about the ongoing issue of RFI that plagues us all. In the U.S., the head of the FCC recently announced a new approach to studying it, as Skeeter Nash, N5ASH, tells us. The chairwoman of the U.S. Federal Communications Commission has pledged that the agency will take a closer look at the role receivers play in rejecting the increasing levels of RF interference. Speaking at the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, Spain on March 1st, Chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel said that until now, most discussions of RFI have focused predominantly on transmitters, with rules put in place regarding transmitter performance to remove RFI. She said this approach was being rethought at the FCC, adding, quote, wireless communications only exists when transmitters are connected to receivers. Both are vital. Both matter. And going forward, policymakers need to consider both transmitting and receiving, not just the former at the expense of the latter. End quote. She said she expected to move forward on an inquiry into receiver performance next month. The goal is to explore regulations, guidelines, and incentives for better performance on specific frequencies or across all bands. She said she is seeking, quote, a more transparent and predictable radio frequency environment for all Spectrum users, new and old, end quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Skeeter Nash, N5ASH. Hams in the Indian state of West Bengal are adapting to the temporarily intermittent use of internet-assisted radio modes. Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, has the details. Hams throughout West Bengal state in India are experiencing limited access to Echolink and other internet-assisted amateur radio services through the 16th of March. The hams are among hundreds of others affected after the state government announced the restrictions to contain what they called illegal activities on the internet. News reports gave no specific details beyond the announcement itself. A report on the India TV News website quoted an official in the Home and Hill Affairs Department in announcing that, quote, the government has received intelligence reports that unlawful activities can be carried in certain areas over internet transmissions and voice over internet telephony, and hence restrictions are being imposed on the use of the internet, end quote. Amberish Biswas, VU2JFA, Secretary of the West Bengal Radio Club, told Newsline that daytime use of the internet is off-limits, but there is still access in the evenings. He said everyone in West Bengal State has been affected. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meacham, ZL2BHF. 
The global amateur community has been rocked by the tragic death of a well-known ham in Ukraine. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, tells us about him. A popular DXer and CW enthusiast, known for his expeditions with his fellow hams in the Ukraine, has become a silent key. DXWorld.net has reported that Ivan Lizenko, UR8GX, was killed in his home city of Kherson amid the fighting following its invasion by Russian troops. Ivan's many adventures included the expedition in the summer of 2019 to the Kalanchaksky Islands for the IOTA contest. He participated with fellow members of the Ukrainian radio club Sputnik, UR6GWZ. Ivan also served as the QSL manager for UR1G, the call sign for the club's team of operators. His death was reported on the Facebook page of DXWorld.net, prompting hams from around the world to post their condolences and remember their QSOs with him, particularly his many DX contacts. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Everyone, in their own way, leaves a mark on the world. Paul Brown, WD9GCO, tells us about one ham who changed the world. This ham recently became a silent key. David Boggs, WA3DBJ, was part of the team who invented the packet-switching Ethernet networking standard that now connects most of the world's computers. Even if you use Wi-Fi, some part of the signal chain is connected with Ethernet. David became a silent key on February 19th, according to his wife, Marsha Bush. David worked in the iconic Computer Science Laboratory, part of the legendary Xerox Palo Alto Research Center, or PARC. This is the place where, in the early 1970s, a group of brilliant minds invented most of the concepts and hardware that would define modern computing as we know it today. His partner in the effort, Bob Metcalf, once described Boggs as, quote, the perfect partner. I was more of a concept artist, and he was a build-the-hardware-in-the-back-room engineer, unquote. To us, it makes perfect sense that it was a ham who took an idea, went to the workshop, and figured out how to cobble the hardware together. His legacy lives on almost everywhere you look. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO. A Texas man whose six decades on the air were marked by his advocacy for disaster relief communications, as well as amateur radio and education, has become a silent key. Jack Parker, W8ISH, has that story. A veteran of the U.S. Army Signal Corps, where he served during the Vietnam War, Edward Warren Cox, KE3D, continued his commitment to service throughout the years that followed. A ham for nearly six decades, he volunteered in emergency and disaster relief communications, especially during hurricanes, and assisted in the conversion of an ambulance into a mobile command center. Ed died on February 21st in Austin, Texas. First licensed as a ham with the call sign of KN3SWJ in 1962, he became an avid DXer and de-expeditioner. He eventually earned a license in the UK as G5EC and held CEPT permits to operate in Belgium, Germany, and the Netherlands. An advocate for amateur radio in education, he worked as a volunteer at a number of schools, assisting with radio contact with some of NASA's space shuttles in a program that predated ARIS. 
He was the husband of Joan Cox, KD4SRD, and a life member of the ARRL, Racies, and Aries. He was also a member of the Austin Amateur Radio Club, which has established the Ed Cox KE3D Memorial Fund, which will help provide radio equipment for schools. Ed Cox was 75. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jack Parker, W8ISH. If you're heading to Oregon for CPAC, now is the time to register. Here's Stephen Kenford, N8WB, with details. CPAC, the largest amateur radio convention in the American Northwest, is promising sand, surf, and radios, and all of it in person this summer. Online registration opened on the 7th of March. The convention, which is happening June 3rd through the 5th, will be at the Seaside Convention Center in Oregon. This will also serve as the location for the ARRL's Northwestern Division Convention. According to the CPAC website, the event will comply with whatever state and local regulations are in effect for COVID-19 at the time. A CPAC CUSO party will be held the weekend before on May 28th to get everyone ready for the three-day event. For registration or information, visit the website at CPAC.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Stephen Kinford, N8WB. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the Okayan Amateur Radio Society's K8SCH repeater in Cincinnati, Ohio, on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. local time. Organizers in Hawaii are looking for amateurs to participate in an important statewide emergency drill in April. Christian Kudnick, K0STH, brings us that report. For hams in Hawaii, the three-hour emergency communication exercise being held by the Hawaii Amateur Radio Emergency Service on April 16th will be like none of the others held several times each year. The drill will be conducted following the Homeland Security Exercise and Evaluation Program, which standardizes terminology, methodology, and policy used during the exercise. It will simulate a period of catastrophic rain and wind covering the island, taking down power, internet, and cell towers. According to Hawaii Aries spokesman Stacy Holbrook, KH6OWL, the planning team has developed a full incident action plan using the forms and format of the program's incident command system structure. Stacy told Newsline in an email he was unaware of any other statewide exercises being done in this manner. Using on-air nets, social media, and local clubs, organizers are reaching out to the more than 3,800 licensed amateurs throughout Hawaii, hoping to get as many hams as possible on board. The drill is an all-mode, all-band exercise that makes use of analog, simplex, and digital modes as well as VHF, UHF, and HF. Hams using WinLink will have the additional support of an ongoing Zoom meeting to assist with any troubleshooting. Stacy told Newsline, quote, We would love to build relationships with fire chiefs, police chiefs, and served agencies in our area so they know that they have another asset they could use if needed. End quote. He said the goal is to use the ICS system so everyone is on the same training level and gets the needed experience with the command structure and forms. There is additional information and a sign-up form on the website hawaiiaries.net. For Amateur Radio Newsline, 
I'm Christian Kudnick, K0STH. The Radio Society of Great Britain needs someone to chair its upcoming convention. Could that be you? Here's Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. A hybrid convention is on the cards this year for the Radio Society of Great Britain, which hopes to combine a return to an in-person event with the best of the online conventions held these past two years. Planning is already underway, but the organisers are in need of a convention chair. According to the RSGB website, this leader should be someone familiar with all developments going on in amateur radio and should be comfortable planning for online events as well as those in person. Meanwhile, the team is seeking input from anyone and everyone who would like to help shape the event, which will be held in October. A survey is posted online for amateurs to share their ideas with the organisers. It's not necessary to be a member of the RSGB to participate in the survey. As with the previous two online conventions, the hybrid version will be providing access to people attending from outside Great Britain. Visit the website rsgb.org stroke convention to provide your input and learn more about the vacancy. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Young hams may want to be aware of a new category introduced this year by CQ Magazine in its DX Marathon, which is already underway. The youth category is an overlay category open to any operator born on January 1st, 1997 or later. There are certificates for the highest score among young operators in each of the six continents. Visit the rule section of the website at dxmarathon.com and good luck everyone! We here at Newsline are asking listeners to think of a young amateur radio operator with talent, promise, and heart. Consider nominating them for Amateur Radio Newsline's Bill Pasternak Memorial Young Ham of the Year Award. This is our commitment to honoring young talent 18 years of age or younger who reside in the United States. Find application forms on our website, arnewsline.org, under the YHOTY tab. Nominations close. May 31st. Parks on the Air has announced a new group of DX entities. Here's Vance Martin in 3 VEM with details. Parks on the Air is excited to welcome a new batch of DX entities to the program this month. Be on the lookout for new parks getting added in Namibia, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Kingdom of Eswatini, Bolivia, Paraguay, Uruguay, Suriname, Guyana, Cuba, Trinidad and Tobago, and the Falkland Islands. If your country or one you'd like to represent is not yet part of POTA, please reach out via the Contact Us link from parksontheair.com and we'll help you get started as a volunteer country administrator. In upcoming events, we hope you join us for the upcoming Spring Support Your Parks event on April 16th and 17th UTC. We also hope you'll join us this summer for our very popular annual plaque event on July 16th and 17th UTC. There will be three new plaques available for DX activators this year, one each for stations activating outside of the continental U.S. in IARU Regions 1, 2, and 3. Sponsorship opportunities will be opening at the end of March, so if you or your club is interested in sponsoring a plaque, please send an email to n3vem at parksontheair.com. Due to steady growth and improving conditions that make a possible too, as KN4MQR said on Twitter, load up a wet pasta noodle and get pile-ups for hours, we are expecting a very large turnout for this summer's event. This is November 3, Victor Echo Mike from the Parks on the Air News Desk. 
In the world of DX, be listening for Dick G3RWL, operating as 8P6DR, holiday style, from Barbados until the 31st of March. He will be on 80 through 10 meters using CW only. He will be active in the British Commonwealth Contest on March 12th and 13th, but the contest is not for U.S. operators. QSL to his home call sign, direct or by the Bureau, using Clublog's OQRS. In the Maldives, Lawrence F8CZI is using the call sign 8Q7ZI until the 21st of March. He is operating holiday style using CW and sideband, QSL via his home call. For our final story, let's talk about ground wave propagation. It's not unusual to use the Earth's surface to help you cover a short distance. Sometimes it's even preferable when you're using one of the lower frequencies. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, tells us about one antenna in Australia that recently covered a short distance in just this manner, but it wasn't even transmitting at the time. Compton VK2HRX was operating portable one weekend last month and went to bed happy with the performance of the link dipole on 20, 40 and 80 metres. After a good day operating in the bush on Saturday, he was looking forward to more good contacts when he awoke Sunday morning. He even left the antenna in place so he'd be ready to start when the sun came up. But as he told fellow hams on the Oz Soda mailing list recently, things didn't quite work out that way. And I quote, when I went to use it on Sunday AM, it wasn't there, end quote. He discovered that one leg was broken at the 4080 link and the other leg had simply vanished. Walking further, Compton spotted the bright yellow antenna wire up on a nearby hill. It was then he remembered the previous night when a mob of 20 or so kangaroos had come bouncing by. He guessed that one of them may have run off with the wire. Likely, he was trying to work skip. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB, hopping out of here. With thanks to Ambarish Nagbiswas, VU2JFA, ARRL, CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, DXWorld.net, Facebook, the FCC, The Morning Journal News, India TV News, Ohio Pen DX, OZSodagroups.io, QRZ.com, the Radio Society of Great Britain, South African Radio League, Southgate Amateur Radio News, shortwaveradio.de, Stacy Holbrook, KH6OWL, The Statesman, YouTube, and you, our listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at newsline at arnewsline.org. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that is incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York and our news team worldwide, I'm Neil Rapp, WB9VPG in Union, Kentucky, saying 7-3, and as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2022. All rights reserved.